Hello and welcome to this episode of the Together podcast. I'm Stuart Constable, I'm the head of copy here at Together and with me today is my colleague John Breeden who's our director of MarTech. Hi everyone. Also with us is our marketing manager Alex Weber. Say hello Alex. Hi guys. So we're here to obviously talk about MarTech with John. Uh, We're going to take a brief look at what it is, uh, which in itself is open to some considerable debate. And then we're going to talk about some of the key challenges confronting agencies and clients these days about how to use MarTech, how it can be applied to modern marketing campaigns. So John, can you talk to us about how it came about and what the current challenges are around the use of MarTech? Yeah, absolutely. So I think MarTech came about from a together perspective um, as as a team about 12 months ago. I've been in the industry for a long time, but I've been it together for about four years now. And at this time, I think marketing has evolved quite a lot. If you check out chiefmartech.com, in 2011, there was about 150 different technologies. And now in 2018, when they did their last their last round of review in, I think it was about April, there's over 6,000 unique different technologies to support marketing. There's so many different things out there. We, we have our own platform in, in that list as well. And I think the issue that a lot of people are facing at the moment is there's so much technology out there and marketeers are so overwhelmed with the amount of things that they're responsible for, the amount of things they have to do. And then you have um, software vendors like Marketo, for example, giving an idea of the structure of marketing teams today and how best to kind of put that forward by splitting out the campaign development team and the operational team, the marketing operational team, and keeping that separate from the actual marketing managers, the ones who are kind of thinking, who do we need to target? Why do we need to target them? How do we take that message to them? What's the right message, etc.? And it it works really well to deliver something. But I think the problem is at the moment, from an agency perspective especially, when there's so much technology out there, it's down to the teams that are working on those campaigns and working with our clients to understand the technology to support that. And it's just not possible. With so many other responsibilities everyone has at the moment, and they're ever-increasing. I mean, our clients are working... I I had a chat with a a colleague earlier this morning, and some of our clients are going to be working Boxing Day because there's so much to do in prep for... January the 2nd or January the 1st in their case. What we did with MarTech was to to try and create a team that can have that level of understanding, understand the key technologies such as Salesforce, uh, Microsoft Dynamics, Marketo, Eloqua, Pardot, Marketing Cloud, understand the technology and how that impacts the strategy for campaigns. So a lot of what my job is day-to-day, it's delivering. So it's MarTech in its basic form is delivering marketing automation, getting emails out there, getting campaigns set up and doing the operational side. But my role is kind of getting bigger now because I'm supporting the teams with the strategy and the campaign development. And it's saying, what do you want to achieve and how can we, with technology, help you do that? And then at the end of the day, how can we use the technology to analyse and optimise as we go? Because marketing isn't an exact science. It, it, clients come to us and say, you know, what's worked well in this industry before? And it's almost impossible to know because every product is different. Every solution is slightly unique. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have a place and the clients wouldn't have a place in their market. So the idea is to take the client's own data and take that learning and use it to the best advantage of the campaign. So we know we're going out with a message that resonates in a style and an approach that is going to get them interested and ultimately achieve the aim and the objectives. When you talk about kind of that breadth of the technology and that all these marketers are having to deal with, obviously you spoke just then about how much technology there is out in the MarTech um, marketing world. We call that the MarTech stack, and I think obviously that's kind of a word that's been going around a bit more. Can you just explain you know, how we would take something like that MarTech stack and how actually client side might not be considering all these bits of technology that they do have and how that is impacting their marketing Uh, technology because it's not just marketing automation like you said it's the breadth of that and collecting more data how do they look at their martech stack 
and consider all of these things and how other technologies might be impacting it that might not be so black and white from automation as it used to be. Absolutely. And I think the first misconception, and it's, it's um, in the past few months it's become ever more evident, the first misconception is marketing automation as a platform, whoever you go with will do it all. And I think as wonderful as those platforms are, and I'm not discounting them or disregarding them in any way because I think they're ace and it's a big part of what I do on a day-to-day basis, they provide a need. And when you're looking at the whole MarTech stack, the critical piece of that is understanding the, t- the objective of each piece of technology. So what does your CRM system do? And what is it designed to do? What are you using it for? What is the marketing automation platform doing? What are you using it for? Um, and often we find when we talk to clients, there are gaps in their stack. So CRM is a single source of data in an ideal world. Everything is housed in there. Everything goes into there. So naturally, a lot of people assume, well, it does the reporting as well. And in the reality of it, it doesn't do reporting in the best way. Some, I mean, Salesforce is great, and it can have that data, and it can supply that data to you, but there are limitations. Marketing automation gives you so much insight into the, the behavior or the, the digital footprint of what your audience are doing. But getting that data out is not easy because it's not a reporting platform by nature. It is an automation platform, which is a very different thing. And what we often find is there's all of these pieces of um, technology in place. There's all of these solutions in place. There's all of this data that's sitting there and about 20% is used because 20% can be pulled from the CRM system or 20% can be pulled from the ERP system and all the sales data and everything else. How do you bring that together? I think one of the biggest questions for me whenever we start looking at a campaign is not how many MQLs is the objective, because that's easy. We can find out how many MQLs. We build in all of the reporting and the the actions that we need to track to see that. What I want to know is, in previous times of the MQLs that have been generated, how did that impact the revenue? How did that impact the bottom line for the business as a whole? And how do we pull that data together for this campaign to make sure that we can understand, yes, we've got X amount of MQLs, which is great. We've got a conversion rate to sales qualified leads, to SQLs, which is even better. But of those, how much revenue are we generating from a campaign? Because if we don't know, there's so many places that things can fall down. Um, and one of the, the biggest disconnects for me has always been marketing and sales. And I think a lot of our clients and the bigger clients and the, the, the ones that have understood this and have seen the impact, the board don't care how many leads you pass to sales. The board cares about how much revenue sales makes. And if you can show as a marketeer how much impact you've had to that revenue, then your your standing with the board is higher. Your ability to, to do more things is better. Your perceived benefit to the business is better. It has so many positive points. I think the difficulty is getting that data together to be able to view it. That's, that's the crux of, of MarTech and making sure you've got the right technology in place to do that. I mean, these are time-honoured challenges for sales and marketing people. The, the, uh, the integration of sales and marketing remains a much coveted award at the B2B Awards, for example. But what you're not saying yet, as, 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 as I understand it, MarTech is not the big catch-all solution that comes in and says, right, here's all these disparate silos of data, and now here's a button that you press, <laughs> and it all feeds into one place, and you can see it all in one place. That's not oh, quite it, is it? No, it'd be nice if it was. But the reality is, I think all of our clients, anyone that I've ever spoken to, if that was the case and that was all we could do and it was the only approach, they'd never go near it. They'd never be able to touch it because the reality is nobody's got the time to do that yeah. without investing a lot of money and a lot of resource to get that level of integration sorted. It takes a lot of time. And our approach is always the commercial realities of things don't allow for it. So take it piece by piece. 
Start with a good foundation of the technology that you need to deliver your day-to-day work and then how you can implement those technologies together. It's not about going out and buying 15 new solutions and the license fees and everything that goes with it. It's about understanding the technology you've got, how that can work with each other and getting the best kind of data out of it, the best insights to give you the right understanding for future campaigns. Because that was one of the things about marketing automation when it first came out. Everybody rushed out and bought their Marketos and Eliquas and things like that. Uh, without really understanding, as far as I could see, uh, what they were actually getting into. And a lot of people said, right, okay, we've got it now, and then realised that the first challenge is to dig into the data. And data has always been the poor relation, it seems to me, in both consumer and B2B marketing. And is that problem still there? Are people still playing catch-up now, and they're going to be intimidated by the idea that there's another whole new thing, and they're still grappling with marketing automation? It's funny, what we're seeing, especially if you take marketing automation, we're seeing the level of experience and the maturity of our clients has massively improved over the past couple of years. And I think a big part of it is marketing automation as a technology has been around for quite a while now, about 10 years in different formats in early stages and now in the all-encompassing behemoths that you can get. Um, But the lack or the difficulty that, that everybody had at the time was an understanding of how it worked. And when we started, um, from a MarTech perspective, we needed to understand the technology as a basis. So we needed to get ahead around what the technology does specifically from a, a logical perspective. What data does it capture? Where does that data sit? How do we use that data? Um, how do we automate campaigns? The technicalities of everything. And from there, it's a question of how do you then use it from a marketing perspective? And I think one of the biggest gaps is that the people that use the technology are technology-minded, I absolutely love developers because they do some incredible work, but developers don't think like people, they think like developers, which is not a criticism, it's a fact of the matter. Yeah, and it's I a think different species, really. It, absolutely. They're, they're, they're building something out that a lot of us wouldn't have a clue on how to get to. The, the, the complexities of um, if this happens, this, this, this needs to take place, and this needs to be the backup, and all of that, the complexities are endless. But with all that functionality and that possibility, how do you then understand how the possibility works for you as a marketeer and for the campaigns that you're running. So instead of having to do the same email blast over and over again, I I think often for many years, marketing automation was all about email blasting because it was what could be understood by the marketing teams who were responsible for developing the strategy. And from Together's perspective, uh, um, I know we didn't have insight into the technology to understand how we can use it. And every client's technology setup is different. They're capturing different data. They're doing different things. And part of what we do now as a team is to understand their technology understand the possibility and influence the strategy of the campaign during a setup because if you've got the technology there that's going to simplify your workload why not use it but then at the same time where the data is coming from so we can look at what one, um, one of the first campaigns we worked on from a martech perspective was it was a simple gdpr campaign nothing rocket science nothing huge but the point of the campaign was we needed to generate as many opt-ins for our clients as possible before the gdpr deadline and the first thing we did, and the, the client in question had, had done this before, but not really thought about it for this campaign. We spent two days looking at their data. We came back with a list of personas that we believe are the most engaged with the client in particular. Um, we gave them some insight on what we think are the triggers and the engagement factors that those people are engaging with. And then we structured the whole content and the message around that, in line with the, the topic that we were going with for the campaign. 
And it turns out they had a 65% opt-in rate. Soft and hard, so I have to, you know, it's not all about the opt-ins from the emails. But 65% of their data stayed with them, which, from my perspective, is huge. It's one of the biggest opt-in rates I've ever seen yeah. from a GDPR campaign, when some stats are saying 19 to 24%, if you're lucky. And part of it was because we looked at the data, and instead of trying to reach an audience of millions of people with a wide engagement factor, completely disparate... Why focus on all these people we don't care about? Why not focus on the people we need to make a short-term gain very quickly? So why not just focus on the biggest population, the biggest piece? And the only way we understood that was by looking at the data. And that was a simple couple of days reviewing the data that they got from their marketing automation piece. It didn't even involve other solutions or other systems. What we're looking at doing now is their whole MarTech stack and understanding we know they've got reporting, we know they've got the CRM system, we know they've got marketing automation as a basic, but we also know the other intricacies, the little bit of social here and the little bit of reporting here, we need to bring it together. And we're working with them, it's a longer project, but the big part, the, the starting point is a website. Their website isn't achieving what they want, so we're looking at it from a data perspective. How can we get it to achieve what they want and how can we integrate from a data perspective? So with all those points that we see again, we're saying that actually, yes, starting with data is so important. Actually, just then what you were saying, it's so interesting hearing, because we all know how important it is data to have a creative campaign to get results like that. But actually, when you see it in real life and you go, do you know what, based on the engagement rates that you've got from your MarTech stack, you really can truly hone your message to get out into the market the best way. But you're saying that obviously the client came to you, now we need to start with their website. How do people know where to start? If their data isn't in the place they want it to be, where do clients start with something like this? So the... The starting point, the basic, the, the absolute basic starting point is bypass MQLs. And I'm being careful, I'm trying to be careful with my wording on this one. It's not ignore them and it's not forget them because they are absolutely critical. The next campaign, it's not about having all the right technology in place. It's bypassing the objectives that most marketeers are given from a, a, a corporate level, MQLs, SQLs, whatever that may be. Think about the last campaign that was run, the last major campaign of a similar type, and look at the impact on revenue that that campaign had. It's going to be out there. The data is going to be there. It's a case of pulling it together. And for one campaign, yes, it's manual, but it's not the end of the world. You can pay someone to do it. Give them access for a couple of days to the, the um, your CRM system, your sales information, um, and the campaign details. And just get them to look around and see, we spent X amount of money on the campaign. We delivered X amount of MQLs and SQLs. And as an impact of all of those, we've got X amount of sales revenue. That's what we can see from this. What you're saying there, John, is dig in to the last campaign you ran and dig out the results. Isn't that scary? Aren't there some people who go, I don't want to know? We do come across this, don't we? Yeah, and and to be honest, Stuart, that is an excellent point. Because you've accounted for, as, as marketeers, by that point, they've accounted for that campaign. They've reported on what they needed to. It was a success or was it, it was a failure or it was mediocre or whatever it was. It's been done and dusted. No one needs to know. From a marketeer's perspective, no one needs to know what you're doing and the results that you glean. It's not going to be reported to the board. It's to give you insight how to make your role and your campaigns better. It's not about everybody else yet. And I'm a big advocate of a, having an understanding of the results before you start sharing them with everybody. Yes. And um, we are an agency after all, and you know that's it's, it's a big consideration we have before we start publishing case studies and things like that. You know, it's more for the marketers that want to understand where they sit themselves and use that quietly to influence their next campaign. No one else has to know. Yeah, yeah. As Alex was just saying, the the other great elephant in the room, if you like, is that word data. Are marketers finally beginning to fall in love with data? Because I've been around long enough 
to work with people who just can't be bothered to dig into all, all that stuff. And your case study that you just talked about mm. um, highlighted a really fascinating aspect. You know, on one level, God, I've got to plough through all that stuff. On the other level, as you go through, pictures emerge, don't mm. they? And, they do. and you can see the work that you're doing having an impact and you can see you can start to picture the people that you're talking to and although it's just a list of names and addresses or whatever it might be that you're looking at you start to build an understanding of your audience just by looking at at, at the actual list yep. that you don't get from research personas and that kind of stuff you say okay this is person yep. is the cio of a health trust in southern england and it starts starts to come out and surely that's one of the big appeals, at least for me, as a marketer, is that behavioural stuff, understanding people, really influencing people's behaviour. And if you look at it from that point of view, does that make it more enticing for marketers who perhaps previously haven't been in, so engaged? I think it does, and I think it's, it's hard to explain. We are marketers by trade, but we do it on behalf of multiple clients instead of just ourselves. The interesting fact, with the case of the, 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 the example I was talking about, a lot of marketers, the bit they enjoy about their role is the creative side, is getting involved in creating and crafting something with the team of people that is truly awesome. And I used to do that. I used to help with that side of things, and I really did enjoy it. But what actually ticked my buttons and, and got me motivated was looking at the data at the stage before that. And from a marketer's perspective, they don't have to do this themselves. It's not about going out and having to understand the data themselves. It's finding a team that they trust to do that for them. And it's not a massive job. Um, for the for the example I gave, the marketers in, the marketers that, that were part of that project, I think absolutely they they are very technical, they're very logical and very analytical in their approach. But deep down, they loved the creative process. They loved crafting a campaign that they can stand up in front of their peers and feel proud of, because not only because it generated results, but also because it was well thought out. It was it was engaging and it was capture captivating. Um, and I don't think marketers have to go away from that approach. All they have to do is get the right people around them to take care of that element for them. Yeah, I think um, it's part of the creative approach anyway. Speaking as a, as a writer, the more insight we have. And sometimes I ask to see the database. Let's have a look. Who's this person I'm going to write to? Nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Why are they going to click on my subject line? Well, something I think is really nice now, especially with all these new marketing tools out there and you know now that people do have this marketing stack is traditionally you would just have a nice list of names and ideal customers data has actually evolved since have introducing marketing technology i think that's something that we don't want to lose sight of because yes like we've said before traditionally you would have the data and it's always kind of been the elephant in the room people are considering that in their campaigns but now there is this marketing technology it's enabling you to get so much more information from that data do you think that maybe that's one of the reasons that data and creative are finally coming closer together absolutely i think it's it's weird and i think Stuart Stu and i've worked together for a while now and there's been times where we've both worked on a project and, and we have had different viewpoints no we haven't <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this is back in the days when i was working in the client services team and working with clients to develop campaigns and there have been a number of occasions where we've had different viewpoints and from I think the thing that has always resolved the query, what did the data tell us? Yes. And that, that's been the crux of it. Whether, whether I preferred something or Stuart preferred something, it made no difference because it's our personal choice. Am I the target audience? No. Is Stuart? No. So what did the data tell us? And it's always paid off in the right way. I'm from the Ogilvy School, which just shows how old I am. I, I, I'm not a big fan of creative. Um, <laughs> I much prefer to talk about ex expressiveness and 
you know, what we're doing is expressing a client's personality, expressing a client's message, telling the story, that all that kind of good stuff. Um, and what the data does, which I think is absolutely critical, is objectify it. It puts it in the middle of the table and says, this is nobody's idea. This is the problem we're trying to solve. And it doesn't matter who comes up with the solution. If it's the right solution, then it's the right solution. And I think you're right. That's that's how you and I managed to stop sort of hurting each other. <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we could both see the problem as... As, a, as an objective problem, business problem to be solved, yeah. and the creative and the, the the data strategy, all of that is part of solving that objective problem. Exactly. It's not just, hey, look, this is a really cool idea. Exactly. And I think now, if, if we take it um, a little bit of a stage further as well, what we've seen, we, we've got um, our media team, we've got our creative teams, we've got our digital teams, and what we found over the past few months is there is usually a disconnect between the campaign strategy and planning, the media that it takes out, how those leads come in, because there's more to it afterwards. How quickly the leads get into the system, how quickly they're followed up from a sales perspective. Are sales accepting them? Are yes. they acknowledging them? Do they like them? Um, one of the, the first questions we get um, from a campaign briefing at the moment, especially when, when my team are involved, is... Well, sales didn't like our leads last time. Well, where did the leads come from? Well, just generally, they didn't like our leads. We're like, well, why? And where did those leads come from? Well, um, there was media. What media? Media is a, a beautiful, creative thing if you sit back and look at it. And sometimes it turns out content syndication is probably my biggest headache from a technology <laughs> perspective ever because there are objectives to... Instead of spending a fortune on a cost per lead perspective, you want a lot of contacts that you can start to engage with. So from a campaign perspective, um, some of the early campaigns that we got involved with at a later stage, content syndication was a big part of that. We got the leads and nothing was done with them. Sales rang. Sales rang said, you want to buy a product? I said, no, I don't. I downloaded a white paper from someone that I you are not mentioning to me and I have no idea what you're talking about. And it completely disengaged sales from getting involved in those leads. 40% of them were actually completely bank qualified and yes, they wanted to buy and they probably clicked a call to, uh, clicked to uh, enter the form to contact them straight away. But sales didn't care because their perception of the campaign was, well, the leads that I started with, the easy leads, just told me to get lost. And I think that's the following stage. That's when you go past the creative and everything else. And technology isn't the answer to everything. But if you think it through right, you make sure all those boxes are ticked. I'm not... It's not like MarTech can give you the answer to everything, but it can make sure that all of those elements are properly considered because it's an outsider. You've got so many people involved in the creative, so many people involved in the content, the strategy from a media and everything else. We have the wonderful benefit of sitting here from a technology team taking a step back and saying, great, so you've got those bits of media, you've got that creative going out, and it's all doing this, this, and this. How does it work together? And often people haven't had the time to think how it works together effectively. Yes. And we get the benefit of doing that. So we answer the questions and we mark off those before they become an issue. And that's a big part of what we're doing. Yeah, I think a word that has cropped up lots and lots is the word strategy. And again, it's one of those marketing words that everyone's got their own idea of what it is. But you said at the beginning, you know, marketing automation and indeed MarTech has the same. There's a risk that MarTech will be put in the same bucket that it's an execution platform. It's a delivery thing. Yeah. It's a way of getting stuff to the right people. And it's quite sophisticated but it isn't, is it? it? It is about that that first human bit, ironically or paradoxically rather than ironically. MarTech is a distinctly human phenomenon yep. in as much as it's about taking that holistic view, thinking about what you're going to do with it first and then using it to orchestrate 
um, the delivery of your message through multiple channels. Is that absolutely? I think we we discussed a while ago a term, the anatomy of Martech, um, and I think I'm not going to go into it now, but I think I'm it glad. is. <laughs> I, I think it's just it's relevant that there is a lot of hum, humanity to technology to get it right. And going back to my point earlier about developers, I love them, they do an incredible job, but they don't think about it from a human side. And the only way to make it successful is to build the technology and have it available and then understand how it's used. I think in order to um, give a balanced view, our next um, uh, interviewee should be John Busby, who is our Director of Digital, and I think he will point out where John's going wrong with regard to developers who are in fact fully integrated <laughs> and quite compassionate human beings, aren't they? Well, see, it's funny, because John, um, whenever John Busby and I sit in, in a room with a client, um, we get asked, what do we do? What are our roles? And more often than not, they're very similar. Um, how do you explain, one's a digital director and one's a marketing technologies director, and we do different things? Well, in reality... Our objectives are both of what we're both trying to do, I should say, is add the human element to technology. It's just different types of technology. Yes. Um, actually, I accidentally asked a really good question there, didn't I? Did, What's the yes. difference between digital and MarTech? Yes. So I think digital, um, there's a massive crossover. And since we started the MarTech team, John and I have been working together. Our teams have been working together because you can't be in isolation. I think a big part of what we do for our clients is build that bridge. So what we're trying to get to is a point where for all of the campaigns we run for all of our clients, they don't see that integration behind the doors. It just takes place. It just happens. Um, and John and I have spent a long time over the past 12 months trying to make that work. So we understand where his team and his skills and his team's skills play a part and kind of take lead and where my team's skills take lead. Um, and we've kind of got that sorted now, but it's, it's to the benefit of our clients. And we're reminding them of bits as we go through and develop um, campaigns for clients that are very digital, very custom, very bespoke. We're working with them to make sure that it's going to do the right thing, it's working in the right way, and all of the other processes in place from a technology perspective are taken care of. Um, and then we're saying, well, we need to do that. We need to do something different. We need it to be more bespoke. Can you help us out? And they're coming back with ways of doing it that we wouldn't have thought of because we just we understand the technicalities of existing platforms and existing solutions so um, yeah that's there's very little difference to be honest (laughs) well I think that's the other thing is that the going back to the thing about creative being problem solving of course what devs are really good at is problem solving and they are a definite integral part of the creative process absolutely so I feel like we've gone through like a lot obviously about understanding what MarTech is understanding a bit more about the background and how really it can affect campaigns and how it has brought data and creative almost closer together but I think one of the main things, obviously, for our listeners was the point you made of where do you start and you just start with your last campaign. Now, I feel like this probably needs to be saved for our next podcasting episode, but what types of things can our listeners kind of expect you to talk through when we do discuss where to start? So I think um, we do have a process we go through, which which I can take the listeners through uh, in the next podcast. But as I said, it is... It doesn't have to be public. It doesn't have to be visible. It's something that that marketers can do on their own, quite quietly, take a look at the details of the last campaign and use those as a benchmark and a basis for the new campaign. It could be as simple as how many MQLs did you have? How many SQLs? Take a look at the revenue from those if you can. And sometimes that's quite a daunting task. And it's never going to be accurate. It's never going to be 100% unless you've got the systems in place to do that. Don't expect it to be. Um, Just... Take a look at what happened last time before you start thinking what you need to happen the next time. Um, 
it's it's that that whole concept of dark data doesn't have to be so dark if you make if you make an effort to look at it and it's not huge it's not behemoth just take that first step and no one has to know until you decide to share those results okay well thank you very much john and thank you alex thank you. uh i hope thank everybody you. found that uh, a useful discussion i certainly did and uh, we look forward to you joining us on our next episode thank you everyone